0: Hey everyone, today's episode is going to be a little different. I'm going back into the backlog of the notes that I keep for ideas for episodes. And this one is one from May 2021. So a while ago now, it's still relevant, I think, but also contradictory or I guess parallel or perpendicular to what I usually say about companies becoming media companies and media companies becoming product companies. And uh, this one is about truth and facts and misinformation. Um, And I think it's just worth a thought. And I managed to find a clip from the All In podcast as well as the original essay. So I think what I'm going to do today is I'm going to read you the original essay from Brian Armstrong, and then I'm going to give you Chamath and Jason and David Sachs talking about this specific essay. So here it goes. Announcing Coinbase fact check. Decentralizing Truth in the Age of Misinformation by Brian Armstrong Every tech company should go direct to their audience and become a media company. As Coinbase and the crypto economy grow, we've seen more interest from the media, government, and the general public in our business and in crypto overall. This increased awareness has been great. Unfortunately, we also see misinformation published frequently as well, whether in traditional media, social media, or by public figures. This doesn't always come from negative intentions. Our business and crypto can be difficult to understand, and people are often rushed to post first impressions online, making mistakes in the process. At other times, misinformation comes from people pushing their own agenda, or from those who have a conflict of interest. This is not unique to a business or industry, of course. Every company experiences this to some degree, and it can be incredibly frustrating. So how should companies respond to misinformation? The choices. Option one, turn the other cheek. The most common advice you'll hear from PR firms and boards is to work behind the scenes to correct misinformation, but never engage in public fights. This might mean working with journalists to fact-check the story, or to send internal emails to employees when misinformation is spreading on social media. Pejoratively, one could call this the pacifist approach. Yes, you're taking regular beatings from a bully, but don't fight back. Just focus on building a great product and helping the industry grow and everything will work out in the long run. On the surface, this approach makes a lot of sense. Why pick a fight with someone who buys ink by the barrel or with internet trolls who have too much time on their hands? After all, most of your customers can probably never see misinformation, and it can just draw more attention to respond publicly. Companies should never lose focus on the primary objective, building great products. On the other hand, it can be very damaging to a company's brand to let misinformation spread unchecked and working through third parties to share your side of the story rarely is effective. You might, at best, get a short quote in a narrative that someone else controls. If you look at companies like Facebook, they suffered enormous brand damage when traditional media coverage of them went south, although their business metrics seemed to be unaffected. Accurate or not, traditional media has a conflict of interest when covering this topic as they are in the process of being disrupted by tech. Yet, to a large degree, Facebook turned the other cheek and didn't respond or point out this conflict. Option two, fight. The opposite end of the spectrum is to actively fight back. Anytime someone posts false information about your company, it's war. Come off swinging and never back down. This is, leg- this is a legitimate strategy that some companies have engaged in. Amazon's recent responses to Andrew Yang or Elizabeth Warren are in this direction, along with FedEx's CEO aggressively pushing back on a story they found inaccurate. And Peter Thiel's takedown of Gawker may be the canonical example. The advantage of this approach is that you're standing up for yourself. The downside is that warfare can be time-consuming, taking your energy away from building. You need to be prepared to go all the way, and it needs to be in line with your brand. There is an old quote which says, never wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty, and the pig likes it. Option 3. Publish the truth. I believe there is a reasonable middle ground between these two first options which is to simply publish the truth in a thoughtful and respectful way and build a direct relationship with your audience. Companies no longer need to go through biased intermediaries to communicate with their customers and stakeholders. They often have equal or greater reach via their blog, podcast, YouTube channel, or their own product. In many cases, the only organization that knows what really happened is the company itself. Tesla is a great example of this middle ground approach in their most peculiar test drive blog post. Other examples include Apple debunking the claims of a cover piece, or our own posts correcting facts in the New York Times. These examples take the reasonable middle ground of trying to just share the facts. This fact-check approach is not about antagonizing or embarrassing others, but simply sharing what happened through your own channels. It also means sharing the good along with the bad, with radical transparency. Companies are often reticent to share negative facts in their inherent desire to look good and therefore also have a conflict. To become a source of truth, companies will increasingly need to be comfortable sharing facts which paint them in a negative light as well. There's nothing like sharing mistakes to build trust. Every company is becoming a media company. Traditional media has been a powerful source of accountability for centuries. In more recent years, social media has as well, as any individual can share what is actually happening. The power of both these institutions is staggering, and they serve an important function. But traditional media and social media each come with a healthy dose of misinformation, and I believe people's trust in these institutions has been in decline in recent years. Companies are now emerging as a third source of truth, and can create accountability when misinformation is spread via other channels. Amazon and Netflix built their own studio, HubSpot acquired The Hustle, A16Z is going direct, Stripe has Stripe Press, and many more tech companies are quickly ascending the stack from mere content marketing to full-on media arms, complete with editors-in-chief and original content. As Balaji Srinivasan points out, this is the mirror image of legacy media corporations hiring engineers and declaring their aspiration to become world-class tech companies. There is no distinction anymore between app, distribution, and content. Everyone is going full-stack. What we're launching. Today we're announcing a section of our blog called Fact Check. We will use this section of the blog to combat misinformation and mischaracterizations about Coinbase or crypto being shared in the world. We're seeding the Fact Check section of our blog with these articles. A response to misinformation about the effects Bitcoin mining has on the environment. Some social media misinformation that spread on our executive share sales. An old post we did, rebutting misinformation in traditional media on an employee matter. A more recent post we did, correcting false statements by folks in government and industry about illicit activity in crypto. Currently, these fact checks have been more reactive, responding to misinformation in the news as it happens. However, as we build this out we will get more proactive in helping dispel myths in the crypto space in order to be a more powerful source for people just coming in and learning about the crypto economy. We will continue to update this section of our site over time and when new misinformation appears that is materially incorrect and being distributed broadly. Here are a few guidelines we created for ourselves in publishing fact check articles. 1. Be respectful. Don't antagonize. 2. Assume ignorance over malice unless proven otherwise. 3. Share our mistakes just as candidly as our successes 4. Don't respond to everything 5. Don't get distracted from the main goal, building great products There is too much misinformation in the world for us to respond to everything. As A lack of us posting should not be considered an indication that an external statement is true. We will only tackle misinformation that reaches some materiality threshold. The future In the future, we will need to move beyond fact-checking and start creating more of our own original content to communicate with our audience and tell the stories of crypto that are happening all over the world. Many of these stories are not being told by traditional or citizen journalists. Fact-checking is still largely reactive, but we need to move to a more proactive stance on content creation to have a true media arm. Distribution of our content will happen through podcasts, YouTube, our blog, Twitter, and every other channel we own. But in the future, it will also likely to more crypto-native platforms like BitClout or Crypto Oracles. Long-term, the real source of truth will be what can be found on chain with a cryptographic signature attached. Conclusion: Many readers have probably experienced the Gelman amnesia effect. You read an article about something where you have first-hand knowledge, find it to be half-true at best, and then turn the page to the next post and article, and resume assuming that it must be true. It takes this happening a number of times to change one's estimates of what they're reading on every topic. Crypto is a rapidly emerging space, with a growing attention and focus on it right now. Unfortunately, with this attention comes a lot of misinformation that is that damaging, not only for companies like Coinbase, but for the space broadly. We want to do our best to ensure that when a customer, a regulator, or another important stakeholder is doing their research on crypto, that they are seeing information that is accurate and objective. Over time, my prediction is that more and more crypto companies will go direct, building their own media arm, while remaining focused on their primary goal of building great products. The tools for distribution have become democratized, and every company can become a source of truth. So that's the essay from Brian Armstrong. I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for the fact check page. And in fact, since he actually published that blog post, there's only been one fact check since then in August about USDC. And I think it's just an interesting perspective. Um, Obviously, he is a founder. He runs a company and he's promoting companies as sources of truth on par with journalists and social media. Some healthy skepticism needs to be used here, but let's cut over to the All In podcast and let's hear their take.
1: I think this thing is incredible. I mean, I have to say, by the way, the first thing I'll say about, and this this is the exact opposite of what I said the last time Brian Armstrong wrote a memo, this memo is excellent. And if you haven't had a chance to read it, we'll put it in the show notes, but Brian's essay is super. I think there've been a couple of CEO memos in the last two months that I think- Honestly should be in the Hall of Fame in the Smithsonian. One is the Toby Lutke memo, that the internal email he wrote, and the second one is this one that Brian wrote because All I right. think this this thing is probably one of the most important things in my opinion that has been written by a CEO which has the potential to lead to huge systemic changes.
2: Well, he echoed he echoed a lot of the things we have been saying on this pod yeah. about going direct, don't let the press tell your story, go direct, get get the truth out. Um they're basically what the, what the blog said is they're going to start using the Coinbase blog as a forum, basically as a media publication for, for crypto related things. And the fact check part is that when the popular press gets crypto wrong, which they do frequently in Coinbase's view, Coinbase is going to call them out and correct them. Um, Yeah, so basically,
3: here's what he says. The increased awareness has been great. Unfortunately, we also see misinformation published frequently as well, whether in traditional media, social media, or by public figures. This doesn't always come from negative intentions. Our business and crypto can be difficult to understand. And often people are rushed to post first impressions online, making mistakes in the process. At other times, misinformation comes from people publishing their own agenda or from people who have a conflict of interest. This is not unique to our business or industry, of course. So how should uh, companies respond? One, turn the other cheek. Two, fight, and three, publish the truth. I believe there is a reasonable middle ground between these first two options, uh turning the other cheek and fighting, which is to simply publish the truth in the Well, two and three are the same. Way.
2: The, the, the way you fight back is you publish the truth. Right. So the, the, to me, that's not a choice. Those are the same thing is you can either remain silent, take the high road, which always results in people believing whatever you know lies are, are being said, or You fight back by telling the truth.
3: Fact check approach is not about antagonizing or embarrassing others. Uh, This is Brian Armstrong. But simply sharing what happened through our own channels. It also means sharing the good along with the bad with radical transparency. I
1: I just want to say that I I wish him all the success in the world. Because I think if if and as this works, which I I think it will, because – People in the crypto universe are more prone to actually get their own information and do their own diligence. I think the spillover effects to other companies can be really positive. All of this is going to the same place, which is the intermediary layer of traditional media is basically getting whittled down. Right there was a there was a different thing that happened in those last few weeks, which was um, the Tribune Company. I think it was um, basically got taken private by some hedge fund, and in it. Um, they talked about what has happened in the industry. And the most incredible thing was the amount of revenue that has disappeared from newspapers. And literally from the tens of billions of dollars to basically single digit billions today over the last 20 years, which effectively means traditional media's revenue source is going away. And if then all of a sudden, if you take that media um, model away and there are no more economic incentives then it stands to reason that the overarching incentives that remain are around reputation, which is then about facts. And so the fact that Coinbase will have a place that says, here are the facts, and we're going to put it on chain permanently on the record, that's, I think, a really powerful idea. Andreessen Horowitz, by the way, same situation. They're doing it in venture capital, You know, one of the largest and most prolific and important sources of funding the future. They're on the record on chain in their own way. Right with their own media, and and they're now helping to tell the stories of other folks through it. David Sachs, you know, Sachs has put so much content um, in terms of teaching people about the business that he knows really well. But at the same time, he's also been able to write about what he thinks about certain things, and then eventually, on behalf of his companies, he'll be able to say things and do things as well. So all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, I guess we've seen it. But if we had to put a label on this, this is the dismantling of traditional media. It is happening in real time. And it's accelerating.
3: it turns out, you know, as a subject being interpreted as you're being through The New Yorker right now in your story, Jamath, and I am through my business insider profile, you know, all these profiles that they do, they're interpreting your life when people could just tune into the podcast and hear us talk about it, right? And it's like you can go direct to the source and listen to thirty four episodes of all in, or you could read some interpretation from somebody trying to get page views
1: well, here's my here's my observation. The thing is that people who create, Artifacts on a real time basis. So in many ways, we have all collectively now started to create a weekly artifact of who we are as people. It leaves very little left over for interpretation. And so then, unfortunately, what happens is journalists trying to write content have to introduce some form of flourish to stand out. Yeah. Because if you're just repeating something that was said on the podcast or something that we said in a, in yeah, a, a, good in a tweet, yeah. there's nothing left to talk about. It's kind of already been said, and so that's what creates boundary conditions for lying, and it's what creates boundary conditions for mistruths. And we've seen a handful of reporters back in the day fall, you know, fall into that trap. We, you know, there was a couple of writers in the New York Times that got pinched for lying it's going to be harder and harder to lie. So in many in some ways i'm actually pretty optimistic that um that reputation management and truth will be easier to do in the future when this intermediary layer doesn't exist. But it'll take many other companies to do what coinbase is doing and recent us in this podcast, us with our tweets and our memos and our posts. i think it's it's
2: all in the good positive direction. Yeah. And, 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 and Armstrong in his – in this blog uh, talks about the Gelman man amnesia effect, which we've talked about on this pod before, which is – Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, which is great. I love that um, yeah. because, you know, the, the Gelman man amnesia is you read the newspaper about a topic you know something about. You see that 50% of it is just wrong. Then you turn the page to some other part of the newspaper, say, you know, world affairs you don't know as much about and you just assume it's true. And we all know that the media is maybe 50% right about everything. And so, yeah, I mean, so this is why we have to hear from experts directly. I think it's why it's the decentralization of media. It's why I think this like heavy handed uh, centralized censorship by big tech is so offensive and anachronistic is to try and control what everyone can say, especially when it later turns out that, you know, big media gets so many things wrong, like the lab leak theory. Um, So, it, it's, it's, this is definitely the way things are headed. Okay, that's it for the clip. I'm just going to
0: leave you with the idea that companies are pursuing becoming media companies very intensively. And the people that realize it sooner are the ones that are higher up in the curve compared to the others who don't take this very seriously. And I don't think it's just companies. I think it's also politicians and I think it's also individuals and creators themselves. Just to be slightly meta about this, this very podcast that you're listening to is a form of personal media company compared to my Twitter and my YouTube and my newsletter. Obviously I'm practicing it at a much lower fidelity than a professional setup, but I'm still practicing it and I'm giving value to people that I might meet in the future and that's partially why I do this. Uh, Obviously the other part is that I personally gain from doing it without anyone listening. That's a single player game. This is a very pervasive thesis. And in fact, if I were ever to quit my job and start a company, it would probably be to help people set up their own media companies and run the backends for them because everyone needs this.